0: Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet, and both thirsts would be slaked. As much as I want to preach about Martha Martha this morning, I want to preach more about St. Francis and the readings, the first reading we had, um that we have from Paul's letter to Galatians. but So before I get into Francis, a little bit about Paul here. Paul who's talking about his conversion, his former way of life in Judaism, his former way of life as a Pharisee, and how he had progressed farther than his contemporaries, that he was so zealous for his ancestral traditions, and he was wanting to put to rest this Christian uprising, this aberration of Judaism, Right? And he was persecuting the church. And on his road to Damascus with letters in hand to persecute and bring back in chains all these Christians, he's knocked to the ground with his encounter with the Lord. We all know the story. His road to Damascus, encounter with Jesus. And that began his journey of coming to grips with who is this risen Lord? What does he want with me? And it sets him on the path of being this chosen instrument in God's hand that changed the world. That right there is in some ways what all the saints have in common, all the saints. At some point, whether in the depths of their sin, whether it was in childhood, it doesn't matter, but at some point they all met Jesus, that Jesus became more than an idea. Jesus became more than just a, a theological topic, like this other person broke into their world showed up on the horizon of their experience of their existence and they were never the same, right? There's a before and after point. For those of you who've seen the, the chosen series again in that first season you've got Mary Magdalene who she's originally possessed by all those demons and Jesus delivers her. She's having that conversation with Nicodemus and he says, he asks her, what happened? He said, I she says I was one way and now I'm another and the thing that happened in between was him. That's, that's all the saints. That's all the saints, especially Francis. So who was Francesco of Assisi? Who was this guy? Well, he was a son of a wealthy merchant, a textile merchant. He had the, at this point in Europe's history, he had the rise of the merchant class. Uh, and Francis was a rich kid. He was a rich kid who enjoyed life. And he dreamt of being a knight. He had all these sorts of dreams of chivalry and fighting in battle. Well, he finally got his chance when Assisi was in battle with a neighboring town of Perugia, and he is captured in battle. He's imprisoned for a year. And afterwards, he becomes very, very, very sick. And in his convalescence, he begins to think about his life. He begins to think about the Lord and all of these things. And he has this conversion. Again, the similarities between the saints. I think about Ignatius of Loyola, another uh, just huge figure in the tradition who was injured in his, uh, he had a cannonball strike his leg during his battle, when he was in the Battle of Pamplona, and uh, convalescing, thinking about the saints. There was nothing else to read except the lives of the saints and the life of Christ, and he has this conversion. So one day, after Francis recovers, he's wandering into this broken-down church of San Damiano. He looks upon this crucifix, and he hears the Lord speaking from the crucifix. Francis, rebuild my church, which has fallen into ruins, as you can see. Now, Francis, being a literalist, begins to pick up rocks, and he's fixing walls and mending the plaster, and he's actually rebuilding the physical church. And he's thinking, ta-da, did it, Lord, you're welcome. The Lord responds to him, no, 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 Francis, rebuild my church, which you can see is in ruins. And he does. He begins to gather this ragtag band of brothers and sisters around him who are preaching the gospel and living lives of penitence. And it's so attractive and so compelling. You know, one of the most significant moments for Francis' life was this encounter he had with the leper as he was riding through Umbria. That he sees this leper, and just like everyone in his day, Francis was terrified of lepers, right, because it was such a contagious, awful disease. He dismounts from his horse, runs up, and embraces the leper. The leper asks for some money. He gives him some money. He gets back on his horse. And then as he turns to look at the leper again, the leper has gone. And Francis knows that he's just loved and encountered the Lord in the leper. Francis's community, his legacy, the Franciscans have changed the course of history. Like the Renaissance is in some ways unthinkable apart from Francis and his just staunch declaration, the Catholic view of things that creation is good, the goodness of creation. Jesus was leading Francis to all these places that nobody else wanted to go and to do things that nobody else wanted to do, and that's still true today. You've heard me preach about this before, but it bears repeating. So many people love to quote, misquote, I should say, Francis when he supposedly said, preach the gospel at all times and use words when necessary. Francis never said this. You ask Franciscan historians, Franciscan scholars, are like, it's nowhere in the, the writings of Francis. And it wouldn't have been, because the guy could not shut up about Jesus. He preached about Jesus everywhere to anyone who would listen, including the birds. That's why he's always preaching to the bird, you know, your, your birdbath in your garden. That's what, he's, that's what he's doing. One of the most astonishing stories I love about Francis is how he tried to convert the sultan. So it's the crusade, the crusades are happening, and they're dragging on, and there's so many casualties And the sultan, the king of Egypt, his name is Malek al-Kamil, he's the um, nephew, he's the nephew of Saladin who was the sultan who, you know, began the Crusades. Anyway, the king had declared that if anybody uh, presented the head of a Christian, they would be awarded with gold coins, essentially, so that he put a a price on the head of every Christian. The fighting had been so fierce and uh, the Battle of Damietta had just occurred, 5,000 crusaders were dead. And Francis decides to do something about this. So, knowing the risk, Francis and Brother Illuminatus, they went across battle lines unarmed into the sultan's camp, into the army of the, uh, the sultan. He's fa- they're both found immediately. They're beaten, they're arrested, and they're instead of being killed right away, which is a miracle, they're dragged before the sultan, presented to him. And this is what St. Bonaventure wrote about this encounter. Listen to this. The sultan asked them by whom and why and in what capacity they had been sent and how they got there. But Francis replied that they had been sent by God, not by men, to show him and his subjects the way of salvation and proclaim the truth of the gospel message. When the sultan saw his enthusiasm and courage, he listened to him willingly and pressed him to stay with him. The sultan later said, if I met two more christians like francis i might be a christian it's an amazing thought it's an amazing thought talk about the boldness right talk about the bold i'm going to go to that sultan's camp and i'm going to preach the gospel to him and tell him like the true message of salvation it's not islam that you believe it's this message of jesus christ it's the gospel i love it i love francis so much i love his boldness so, friends, today, what's the point? Today, as we celebrate this feast day, we're meant to be reminded that we ourselves are called to be saints. Maybe, you know, who knows? 200 years, 300 years from now, they'll be celebrating the feast day of, you know, one of us. Wouldn't that be amazing? Like, what will your holy card look like? I don't know. I hope mine has hair. Anyway, Francis' boldness and his conformity to Christ's burning charity Oh, man, that's what we all need. So, dear Jesus, give us the grace today through this word and through your Eucharist to be more conformed to you like Francis. Amen.